What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dominic Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Tad the Side. And Tad, we finally have had some regular season football. We That's are great. recording That's on great. a Saturday here, so we just had our Thursday night game, the kickoff of the NFL season for 2023. We had the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions, and we had an upset. That was good, exciting. Like, I mean, I expected Kansas City, like even with their losses of Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones not reporting yet because he wants his new deal, like Kansas City would still find a way to win. But no, credit Detroit. They were able to sort of gut it out. They played strong defense. They ran the ball really well. Jared Goff played mistake-free football. And I mean, just that led to the 21-20 to final score and Detroit being undefeated and Kansas City being winless. Can we just talk about for a second? Because I we need to bring this up. When did Tony Soprano become a sports agent? No idea. Because that Chris Jones shot in the box was the best thing to come out of that entire game. Like that yeah. was amazing with his like agents with like the the you know button down shirts buttoned down like the top of their chest. Yeah, like, that was seriously. Fantastic. What a power play by Chris Jones. But no, I actually love that. And another thing is I almost took the Lions plus four. I mm. almost did it and I should have. And oh, I, I'm kicking myself now, but it was a great game. Um, I mean, in terms of speaking of fantasy wise, David Montgomery looking a little bit more relevant than I've been giving him credit for all offseason. I've been saying that dude's going to be fantasy relevant because Jamar Gibbs is Jamar. Jamar. I don't know. Jameer. Jameer. God Damn it. But anyway, the the fantasy uh, implications from that game are fascinating, especially because now I am way higher on Travis Kelsey than I was before. So fancy God, fancy football season's back. Football season's back. I'm loving this, baby. Yeah, David Montgomery got a healthy amount of carries for sure. They limited Jameer Gibbs, but Dan Campbell said that was according to game plan. So all of you fantasy managers that roster Jameer Gibbs, you don't have anything to worry no, about. You sh- wanted to sort of ease yes, him into when the I season. Off- when I offer you a trade for Jameer Gibbs, you will give him to me. <laughs> so, yeah, just ease your expectations with him. Dan Campbell said he has a lot more planned for him. He didn't want to just throw him to the wolves in game one. So, yeah, we expect to see a board Jameer Gibbs. But, yeah, I think just like Tad said, Dan Montgomery is still very much fantasy relevant. I think we saw that. He was very much used in the running game for sure. Um, and, yeah, Jared Goff, like I said, he looked very looked competent good. behind center. He he didn't throw for a lot of touchdowns, only threw for one, but also this is the first week, so I think give it a little bit of time. But just, yeah, he was finding the open receivers. He looked very comfortable in the pocket. His line was giving him great protection as well. So, yeah, Jared Goff could be a sneaky guy to add in case he went undrafted in your league. Um, on the other side, I think, Tad, we talked about this, Kadarius. Tony, we are not fans of his, nope. and clearly it showed. Nope. He had a chance although, to step although, up, and he didn't. What, who is a rookie that I've been talking up all offseason that caught his first NFL touchdown on Thursday night? Rasheed Rice. I'm telling true. you, look out for Rasheed Rice. It's true. He can emerge, hopefully, with Tony having the game that he had. We may Oof. see some more Justin Ross now. Justin Watson got involved for sure. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Who is the white guy? Who is 84? Justin Watson. Justin Watson, I, I'm going to be completely honest with our listeners and viewers. Uh, I had never heard of him before. That might be a name to watch out for because he seems to be like their deep target this year. Well, he came over from Tampa Bay, so he was actually playing with Tom Brady during that Super Bowl okay. year. So, Or it might have been the year before, too. Um, 
But yeah, so Justin Watson came over from Tampa Bay, so now he's a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. So yeah, he could be a name to look out for. But yeah, that offense struggled without Travis Kelsey. Yeah, so that's something to be interesting to watch, to see. Hopefully it'll only keep him out for one week for all of you Travis Kelsey managers out there. But just, yeah, if it lingers on a little bit longer, that Kansas City offense may not be as strong in fantasy as we may think it is based on what we saw against Detroit. So we'll see how it all plays out. But I mean, Tad... Just talking about real action, talking about fantasy oh, football. I mean, it's just so it is fantastic. It's, so it's just I we're, love it. So we're back much. in it, buddy. We're back in <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. We're 100% back in it. So we've talked about this on our podcast before. Um, we'll be giving you all of our waiver wire picks and our start sit picks and our bets and DFS. Actually, actually, we have a DFS article that is up on the LAFB Network website for week one. So, yeah, make sure you check that out. But 100% we're going to be jumping right back into routine starting next week after the week one slate of games. So, yeah, make sure you're tuning in to all of our social media handles. Make sure you're tuning into the LAFB Network website. How do you always get the timing down? My yeah, Lord. I make it work. I make it Good work. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well because we got you covered all season long with all of your fantasy needs for sure so make sure you're doing that so since we're not gonna be talking about start sit today we're not gonna be talking about dfs today we're gonna be talking more about something that happened over the labor day weekend tad this is actually right before the thursday night action so this happened on sunday of labor day weekend so that was september 3rd if i remember correctly i don't know these days are <laughs> blending together once you get a month into the school year um I believe that was September 3rd. I'm double-checking that right now. Yes, it was September oh, 3rd. All happened. I know is if I get through a day with the students without quitting, I it was a, success, a successful day. Yeah, so that was a long weekend. We did it on Sunday evening. Um, yeah, it was our 10-person LAFB Network fantasy football draft. So, I mean, we have our returning champion, Alfred Rowe, who was talking a lot of talk all offseason long tad has a personal vendetta against so him, him. <laughs> i am so ready to make sure that alfred does not repeat as champion we'll see how this all season plays out but i think we figured that with the draft that just happened with us being the fantasy guys here of lafb network would that be fun to sort of dive into our draft because i'll be honest with you tad during that draft, I was at a buddy of mine, his birthday party. Shout out to Victor Campa. Um, I was at his birthday party, so I was having amazing Mexican food, and I was drafting at oh, the same time. <laughs> and so, Any yeah, elote? I actually – Any elote? There was elote oh, for sure. Love yeah. a good elote. Elote and carne asada and tortillas oh, and God, man. ribs and just like you name it, Damn it was there. Fresh guacamole was fantastic. Well, I'm so, allergic to avocado, so – so just unfortunately, I was I wasn't able to be part of our video chat that we had. I was all though. Our, I yeah. was there. So, I mean that must have been fun for all of you guys. But I was drafting and eating at the same time, so I didn't really get a chance to sort of look at all the draft as it was sort of going on. I was just sort of focused on my team, and then after draft is over, I didn't really look at it either. So Dad, this is actually going to be my first time. Okay. Really right, diving into our draft board, and that's going to be the purpose of today's episode is we're going to look at the draft board, you know, look at some maybe questionable picks. We'll see exactly how that all plays out. Um, we'll look at some possible strategies that we had. And at the end of it, Ted, maybe we could pick who we think has the best shot, even if it's not one of us. But I think, Ted, we have to start with the analysis of our teams first. I think that's pretty okay. much just sure. a given sure. here. So let's sort of show the board here. I think we decided on this one. There we this go. The yep. that we yeah, there we are. There we are. Was, that was a big discussion <laughs> before we decided to record which view we were going to go with. So I think we decided on this one. So, Tad, I think let's find who's 
first on our board. I believe here. it's me. Believe no, you? it's you actually. It's you. Okay. I'm very curious as to why. See, this is this is the risk of doing live draft reactions. So, all right. So I'll do this. All right, so the Zoom function's not going to work out that well. Tab, That's fair. I think in That's order to fair. see everybody's roster, we're going to have to keep it at regular size. All here, right. So, so it was so. it was you. So your first pick was Travis Kelsey at the yes. seventh pick of the first round. How'd you feel about that? I think honestly, the way that the first draft, uh, the first round was going, I kind of had to go in that direction. Because if you look at the board here, and for those of you wondering, we can share this board on our social media handle so you can sort of see it as you're going along with the draft. If you, as you're listening to this episode or watching this episode, if you want to follow along that way, we can sort of do that. Um, but yeah, the draft sort of went out with Justin Jefferson one, Chase went second, Ch- Christian McCaffrey third, Barkley went fourth, Eckler went fifth, Tyreek Hill went sixth. It's a lots of the high targets sort of left. Like, I mean, the premier guys that you probably want the first round were already gone. And so after that, I mean, I sort of had options where I was like, I was experimenting with some mock drafts to go with Nick Chubb. So that was an idea there. But I mean, Tad, we've talked about this on the podcast so many times. Travis Kelsey is a glorified receiver, but he is the tight end one of pretty much fantasy leagues going forward. So I mean, I felt very comfortable taking him in the first round, even at number seven. So yeah, I felt very comfortable with that decision based on the options that are available to me. So, yeah. So real quick, before we get into my first pick, uh, I know this is like, you know, our viewers are probably like, I cannot read any of those names. You can probably get a good feel of them through this is if it's orange slash yellow, it's a tight end. So as you can see is, uh, you know, Murray took Travis Kelsey right there, which is orange. Blue is a receiver. Green is a running back. Pink is a uh, quarterback. And then I guess bronze. Bronze is the color we're going to go with. Bronze is a defense and purple is a kicker. So if, if we need to zoom out at any time and you're like, I can't read that name, you know the position at least, and we will explain to you what the name is. So for my first pick, this is a guy that you and I have been talking up all season. A guy that for me... I got to figure it out. I think I got to figure it out. All right, there we go. We're for me... In. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> especially because I'm, you know, my marble team... By the way, should we tell them how we picked our draft order? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. All right, you explain it. You were, you were the mastermind <laughs> of this, you evil yeah. bastard. It was great. It was great. So um, for those of you familiar with ESPN, the Ocho, which you was were made famous. such a sick, sick man, <laughs> which was made famous by the movie Dodgeball, where they obviously showed that uh, Dodgeball games were on ESPN, the Ocho. This was ESPN a decided to run with it. They ESPN decided to run with it. So every year on August 8th, 8-8, they do on ESPN Classic, I believe. It might be on ESPN. No, it's ESPN Two. It's ESPN Two. ESPN Two. Okay, mm-hmm. it was one of the main ESPN networks. They show just very random sports and very weird competitions. So it's like you see things like slippery stairs. I've seen before. You've rock, seen like rock skipping. I watched rock, rock skipping. skipping. I've seen that before. Uh, they did like a break dancing competition. I remember seeing Ooh, that last year. Uh, they did um, kickball. I saw that before. And one of the competitions was something called the Yells Marble Run, which is a literally is this guy who created this sort of like marble competition, I guess I'd probably say it, the Marble Mm -hmm. Olympics, he likes to call it. And it's just like these fascinating competitions of just these marbles doing various things of like 
pushing blocks or just like doing a relay race or just doing a dirt rally. Like, I mean, there's so many interesting things that he does with these marbles. There's no advantage to any particular marble. They're all the same weight and all the same everything, but just like, that is how we decided the draft order. I gave everybody the option to choose whichever marble team they wanted. And depending on where they placed in a specific event that was not given ahead of time, that was the draft order. And so, yeah, Tad, unfortunately, your team of Mellow Yellow decided I was about to say. They did not go through. So this, well. this is a sentence I never thought I'd say. So Mellow Yellow fucked me. <laughs> And they finished second to last. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to get none of the players I wanted. And I wanted Eckler. He went to uh, Howard at number five, I believe. Let's see. Amanda, yeah, number five. Yeah, Amanda Marie Howard, yeah, at number mm-hmm. five. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I did not I, – I was totally ready to take – and I was actually – speaking of you know our teams, I was actually very happy with my draft because I was ready to take Patrick Mahomes at number mm. nine. But here's what happened. I think this is a huge mistake is the person before me took B. John Robinson before Nick Chubb, a proven commodity, which I think was a massive mistake. And because not – and look, people already know that I'm not that high on B. John Robinson fantasy-wise. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh on him because he did look good during the preseason. But I'm sorry, even if B. John Robinson does end up meeting expectations, I find it, you know, barring injury, impossible that B. John Robinson is going to finish higher than Nick Chubb, especially Nick Chubb, without Kareem Hunt stealing those targets away from him. So the fact that I was able to land Nick Chubb at number nine, absolutely thrilled me. Patrick Mahomes, two picks later, and that was, thank you, Chauncey. Thank you, buddy. Because he fell for the trap of going for Jalen Hurts. Here's the thing with Jalen Hurts. Yes, he's going to get you a lot of rushing touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes is going to give me twice as many passing touchdowns. So that was why I was very happy with my back-to-back selections of Chubb and Mahomes. I will admit, in those middle rounds, I was kind of on my toes. I like My plans started falling apart. I really didn't want Devontae Smith in the third round. Najee Harris is well documented on this series that I do not like him as a fantasy option, but the, the, the running back options at that point were not great. So I kind of was forced into that position. George Kittle, I'm worried about, I think it was a fair risk to take, but whatever DJ Moore, I was actually happy with, and I will let our listeners into the behind the scenes thing. Brandon, I, I need a receiver. I needed a second receiver to back up in case DJ Moore, Devonte Smith tend to be inconsistent, which I think they will. And so I was like, ah, shoot. So I was thinking of like, who, who's Mervin talking up? And Brandon Ayuk was right there. This sure. is like a, a verbatim quote, uh, verbatim text I sent to Mer. Brandon Ayuk better be good, you dick. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, that's exactly what he texted me. <laughs> if he sucks, I am blaming you for this 100%. All right. All right. Khalil Herbert, I'm pretty happy with. Basically, after those like middle rounds, those middle rounds, like I said, I was on my toes. A lot of things were going against me. But after that, I was pretty happy. The only other pick I'm really not that happy with, but I was kind of forced into, I needed just one more running back to add on to my roster. It was Antonio Gibson. I don't love that pick. Mm. And I saw actually today it was funny. I was making sure all my lineups were set uh, today because who knows if I'm going to be awake before noon uh, tomorrow. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to prepare. But uh, Antonio Gibson is projected for 11 points tomorrow. I don't understand that. Like, I feel like Brian, maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm just like totally not, you know, in the talk 
of the Washington Commanders, but I, I don't know why Brian Robinson is being discounted this much. I really feel like he's going to be the primary back. So I don't love the Antonio Gibson pick, but Traylon Burks, Gabe Davis, Dalton Schultz, I was really happy getting Cortland Sutton in the second to last round. I was thrilled, or third to last round. I was thrilled with that pick. So overall, I'm, I'm happy with my team. It's not as deep as I like, like it to be. I took a lot of risks, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I was actually surprised that you went with Traylon Burks and Gabe Davis, especially just, you know, we've talked about Gabe Davis on this podcast before. They're just like, Again, I was we're not a fan of his just, consistency. Yeah. So it's just like, I'm surprised that you decided to go I with mean, him. But, so. but look at the receivers taken after him. Al Lazard, Elijah Moore. Um, and it was funny. I was actually giving Al crap for this because I was like, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. Like, this is a great sleeper pick. While we were, so it was me, Al, Ryan. I'm trying to think who else was there. Nico was there. I'm, I'm missing a fifth person, I believe. Whoever I'm missing, I apologize. But um, Al was so excited for his OBJ pick, and I I just decimated it. I was like, dude, that is a terrible <laughs> pick. I'm like, you're falling for the trap, and he and I got in a bit of an argument. So like, that was the whole thing with Gabe Davis was there were just there was no other receiver better there, and that was kind of again that sums up my draft after the second round of like, yeah, there were a lot of picks there I didn't really want to make, but I had to make. Interesting. Interesting. So that actually sort of leads to a good transition point to sort of discussing my team here. So, I mean, I kind of went with Travis Kelsey and sort of fell into my lap, but you can see by my next three picks here, Tad, that I went receiver for three straight yeah, picks. And it's like, you look at that. And honestly, this is sort of what we sort of need to stress on this podcast too, is that as much as you mock draft and as much as you sort of have a strategy, once you actually get into the draft, you need to sort of abandon a lot of your strategy sometimes. That, you that reminds me. That reminds me of an Ocean's Eleven, I want to say, quote of like, you will plan out everything, but you need to plan for your plan going to shit. I don't think that was in Ocean's Eleven. That might have been in some. It's other in one of the oceans where like you have to plan for your plan going wrong. Hmm. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I, look it up. I'm gonna look. You it have up. to double check that one, but yeah, I don't remember that being in any of the oceans. But I could be wrong there. But. Like I said, the whole point of me going three wide receivers, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddle, and then Calvin Ridley in three straight rounds is just I wasn't too happy with the running back selections when it got to my pick. And so I felt I needed to address the receiver position. And so this is actually what I texted Tad after the draft is over. I was like, I went very receiver heavy because that's just how the board played out to me. So, I mean, you look here that, you know, I went with Diggs, you know, I probably could have taken, you know, um, at the time, you look at other receivers that are probably available. You got, I mean, sorry, other running backs. It's like maybe I could have taken uh, Tony Pollard or Derrick Henry, but I felt a lot more comfortable with Stephon Diggs still being available. I was like, why not take a wide receiver one at that position at number two? I could get some other running backs a little bit later. Unfortunately, Travis Etienne went one pick right before me. Ryan Dyward sniped him before I could. So then instead, I decided to look at the other running backs out there. I probably could have gone maybe a Joe Mixon. Um, Najee Harris, Jameer Gibbs, Aaron Jones, some of those guys were available there, but I felt for once again, let me short my receivers. I got two stud receivers now and Jalen Waddle and Stefan Diggs in number two. So then coming back to, uh, Calvin Ridley, um, Jameer Gibbs gets taken right before. So once again, I probably would have taken Jameer Gibbs if he was available to me. But once again, he gets sniped. He gets taken by our colleague Justin Ergo, who writes for the USC Trojans and for the Chargers a little bit too. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Aaron Jones. I think just that whole situation in Green Bay is just a little bit too murky. So that's why I wasn't a fan of Aaron Jones. You look at some of the other receivers. I've already talked about so much about how I don't like Ramondre Stevenson. So he was available, but I let somebody else take him. So that wasn't going to happen. So like I said, you always have to draft with – 
who you feel comfortable with too. Cause you don't want to draft players that you're not going to root for. Like, I mean, don't do that. You need to have a little bit of personal investment in guys that you like. Cause it's hard for you to draft a guy that just like, I didn't really want to draft this guy. I mean, no matter how good he's doing for you, you sort of have that sort of negative feeling of just like, I really didn't want this guy. I mean, just, yeah, he'd have to be killing it for you, for you to change your mind about a guy, but just, you need to sort of have a little bit of personal, like sort of fandom for a guy to be like, yes, I feel comfortable about this pick. And so the running backs that were available when I took those three picks at two, three, and four, I just wasn't a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, I want to move on a little bit. Michael Thomas, where are you doing, dude? Yeah, so we'll get to that. So then I take my first running back in round five, Miles Sanders. I've already talked about how much I love Miles Sanders. Coming back around, I get Amari Cooper in the sixth. You know, I had to take my guy, Javante Willis, with him being a That was fair. The second you made that pick, I'm like, I just, I could imagine you drafting him. Like, you are so happy right now. I was like, God damn it. (laughs) I felt good about that pick for him to land there. So, yeah, I get him at round seven. Follow it up with James Cook. I think he's going to have a great season in Buffalo. There are a lot of people that are worried about Damian Harris, but I think he's going to have a good season. I'll tell you another name I'm worried about is Jonathan Taylor. That's fair. That's fair. Um. I don't know what's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. That's why I, I didn't either. have to worry we about will him. Touch also, on, we will touch we'll on let somebody later. else worry about him, obviously. Who ended up drafting Jonathan Taylor? Let's see Jonathan Taylor, I believe, went in the fourth round. I'm looking for it right here. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Go back to the left. Right there, seventh round. No, no, more left. Oh, there he is. Okay. Take it by Nico in the seventh round. So, yeah, we'll see exactly how that plays out. But – you look at starting running backs. I mean, he's got Derrick Henry, and then he took DeAndre Swift, so those are going to be his starting running backs. So. He bet big on Jonathan Taylor, which I told him in the chat was a bad bet. All of it up with Rashad Penny and Deion Jackson. So, yeah, his running back situation is going to be very interesting going forward. Yeah. But, yeah, let's sort of finish up with my team here. So, Michael Thomas, like, the reason that I took Michael Thomas is that if he stays healthy, I think he can be the receiver that he once was. But like I said, I already took three stud receivers already. Four, actually, sorry, if you count Amari Cooper. So I don't need Michael Thomas to start for me. He's going to be on my bench. So if he ends up going off. He's your bench sleeper? Well, I call it exactly. bench sleeper. Exactly. He's my bench sleeper. Like, yeah. I took a flyer on him. And so if he works out, that's fantastic. Now I can use him as trade bait or I could use him in matchup-based options sort of thing too. So it's like in case, you know, Jail Waddle gets hurt or in case, you know, Calvin really just starts out of the gate slow. He's just not the same guy that we're seeing in training camp. It's like I have an alternate option now. So it's like, once again, I went very wide receiver. (sighs) I mean, but, but okay. So what's a bigger risk though is going for Michael Thomas or the guy who went right after him in Jordan Addison. I think Jordan Addison is the much safer bet then. That is true, but he's also a rookie. And so it's like I, I'm very much high on Jordan yes. Addison, but it's just like I've seen Michael Thomas do it before. Yes, the health is a big question mark, but like I said, I wasn't as concerned because I already have four stud receivers. So that's why I'm taking a flyer on a guy that can be a potential wide receiver one in New Orleans' offense versus a guy that we're hoping can be a solid wide receiver two to pair up with Justin Jefferson. So I still love Jordan Addison. I've been talking about him all offseason long as one of my favorite rookie receivers this entire fantasy leagues. But yeah, for me, it's like I'd rather take that flyer on Michael Thomas because I think there's potential that he can sort of break out for sure. Um, to look at the rest of my draft, you obviously got Brian Robinson. I know you said you felt bad about Antonio Gibson, but you had a chance to take Brian Robinson. So I'm surprised that you went with Antonio Gibson over Brian Robinson. So I snagged him up a little bit later, obviously, and I felt pretty good about it. So Brian Robinson was still available. 
He was, because if you look here, those you took, sons of bitches. You took Antonio Gibson here. I, round you know five. what? You know who I blame you for? I blame you for this. I blame you absolutely for this. 45 seconds is not long enough to fully evaluate the draft board. Had I seen that, I would have taken Brian Robinson. God, you had 60 seconds for a pick. You had 60 Whatever. Pick. Well, I was. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was involved with the rest of the league and involved in actually chatting and creating. Well, I guess not content because we never published it. But still, I was distracted. That yeah, this is collusion. You didn't have to join that room. You damn traitor. God, on you could have left temporarily you, in Dallas. You, no, you're so you you betrayed me. I, you sneaky, <laughs> whatever. Fine. So you got I took Brian Robinson. I feel pretty comfortable about that. I like Washington's run game overall. So honestly, if you had taken Brian Robinson, I might have taken Antonio Gibson at that pick too. Like I'm just a huge fan of Washington's uh, running game this year with Eric Bieniemy. I think he's really going to establish that. So here's the interesting tad, thing, Tad. I took my quarterback all the way in round 11. So that was weird. That we were talking about that actually in said like the group chat. We were like, he doesn't have a quarterback yet, and this was your first quarterback. You trust so, him? So, so I'll tell you here. So honestly, I was actually waiting for this guy that I'm going to. Aaron, that's a good pick. That's a good. Pick. I was actually waiting to pick him on my next pick. What I ended up taking two, unfortunately, but. Clearly, you could see that Ryan had other plans. He decided it's Aaron, to take it's Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers for our listening audience. Yes, exactly. So Aaron Rodgers ended up going right after I took Brian Robinson. So I could have taken a quarterback right when I took Brian Robinson. But like I said, I wanted to shore up my roster a little bit more. I was like, I think Aaron Rodgers will last to be one more round. But clearly he didn't. So he ended up going, taking Aaron Rodgers right after me. I was like, ah, that hurts. And then the other guy that I was considering over here, taken by our good Deshaun friend Alfred, Deshaun Watson. I, I have so him I in like, the leagues. He's a good pick. So I was a little bit not okay, a good person, now, but a good pick. But yeah, that was <laughs> not talk about his personal life. Let's talk about him as a player. So I had options that I was going to go with either of those two guys. They ended up both being gone. I had no interest in Dak Prescott. So yeah, I was kind of left with taking either Tua Tungabailoa or Kirk Cousins. So I'm a huge fan of Kirk Cousins, but I think if everything could sort of go right with Tua, I'm seeing that he's sort of like, He's learning how to fall, Tad. I don't know if you've seen you see videos this? about he did this. Jiu-jitsu? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I think we saw the same video where it's like they're showing like the jiu-jitsu fall and they seeing him fall. And so it's like I think he's learning how to sort of like properly shield himself instead of like totally rattling his head after the season that he had last year. So that sort of gave me a little bit of optimism. I think he can stay healthy the entire season. And if he does, he's an excellent addition because you look at that offense of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, all that could work out. So I think that's a good situation. That's why I went with Tua over Kirk Cousins. But then you looked at a couple of picks later, I had to go with my boy. I had to, I had please to draft a backup. Please surprising pick of the draft. I had to take a backup just in case Tua doesn't work out or he ends up not being healthy. I know Tua, Brock Purdy obviously had an injury history last year, obviously getting hurt in the championship game. It's looking like he's going to be fully fine, but we'll never know whether something can sort of surface as the season goes along. But I felt comfortable with him leading the charge there as a good streaming option in case Tua gets hurt. So that's why I had to back up Tua with a pick and Brock Purdy there. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about this defense, Ted, Miami's defense. I think they're going to be a sneaky good team to as, as far as rostering for fantasy purposes. They got Vic Fangio leading the defense. They trade for Jalen Ramsey. I think Jalen Phillips, the former draft pick out of the University of Miami, I think he's going to really emerge under Vic Fangio as well. So I think they're going to have a pretty good defense as well. But also it's like, you look, a lot of the great defense were already taken. So I kind of had, 
few options there. <laughs> um, I probably could have gone with the Saints and the Steelers. Steelers are pretty good defense. Saints, I think they had a terrible season last year, so that sort of worried me a little bit. So I went with a little bit more of that sleeper upside with Miami there. But overall, like I said, a little wide receiver heavy, but I think if everything sort of works out the way that I'm hoping it does, I could possibly use some of those wide receivers as trade bait to sort of upgrade at the running back position. But some of the running backs I have, I took as far as high upside as well. So hopefully they could pan out too. But if it doesn't, then yeah, I could be looking at the bottom half of the standings. We'll see how it all plays out. Both both of our teams are very high risk, high reward for For sure. sure. All right. So Amir, let's do one, our favorite pick of the draft, our least favorite pick of the draft. And then let's pick winner and loser. Are you talking about team winner or loser? Like just who like has league, a good team? Who, league, yeah, league winner or loser. Like end of the league season. Winner or loser. Yeah, end of the season, who's going to be last? Who has to do our punishment? And who has to, you know, who gets the however much money we have? I don't even know. It's a $20 buy-in by 10 people. So it's about 200 bucks. Math. Plus the trophy, though. Plus the trophy. Plus the trophy. And Al, get ready to mail that trophy. <laughs> um. So I think I'll start with my least favorite pick. I'm sort of looking at it right here, and I can sort of understand why he went with that pick. But it's Cooper Cup here, the second round. And I think this draft happened. All right. I was about to say hindsight. You're cheating a bit with hindsight, but fair. No, but also I'm talking about like when this draft happened. It happened on Sunday, and we still had reports that Cooper Cup was having hamstring issues. issues. And he'd have to see a specialist to sort of see. Like I think that actually surfaced after the long weekend, so I'm sort of looking a little bit there. But – it's still a little bit of a risky pick, regardless of just how it was, because like he wasn't practicing as much. He was listed as day-to-day by Sean McVay, and then after the long weekend is when he went to see a specialist and possibly could be a lingering issue. Like It's sort of related to his back, I'm hearing, because he had back issues a couple seasons ago, so this could be stemming that could lead to him having hamstring issues. Um, as of recording, the Los Angeles Rams have placed him on the IR, so he's going to miss the first four weeks of the season. So, I mean, just... Taking him in the second round, I understand this is our boss man, Ryan Dyrude. He works for LAFB Network. Maybe he just sort of saw it all, was just like, I believe that this guy can sort of find a way to come through. And we've talked about this so many times that it's just ridiculous the fact that he only played in nine games last season, yet he still finished as a top 25 fantasy wide receiver in PBR league. So it's like, even if he doesn't play a full season, it's still like a possibly good pick. But I think just here for me is a little bit too risky to go there. He had the potential to take Devonte Adams, which went to pick later. Um, yeah. You look at some other picks there, like Amandre St. Brown had a fantastic game against Kansas city. I think he's going to have a great season for sure. Um, Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, they're absolutely going to tear it up. So surprised that he didn't go in that direction. So yeah, for me, that's probably my least favorite pick. Um, and I'll pass it to you here as I sort of, at just a little peek behind the curtain. This is sort of like going no notes whatsoever. We're, go, we're going complete. We're improvising all of this. We're looking so. at the board for the first time here. So, yeah, a lot of this. No, is sort of you're looking point. at the board for the first time. The problem is this board is so goddamn big that I keep forgetting, like, losing my picks. But anyway. Well, you can I, pull it up on your own screen. If I have it on my own screen. What okay, do you think I've been right. doing while you're talking? Do you think I listened to a word of what you just said? No. I don't know. Maybe you're looking at it on the screen that we have very, shared here. Very rarely do I, I do know. it anyways. But now I'm actually doing it for a reason. But anyway, the Cooper Cup pick especially now with two days breaking news that he is on the ir for the first four weeks i agree yeah ryan's gonna struggle but um i am actually two picks below one to the left okay okay so amy howard took lamar jackson in the fourth round normally i would say not bad value remember do me a favor scroll to the left real quick how 
how do you take Lamar Jackson before you take Justin Herbert? Everyone was laughing at me last season for saying that Lamar Jackson will fall out of the top 10. Tad, what are you talking about? Tad, you're an idiot. Tad, why are you our fantasy guy? And guess what fucking happened? Lamar Jackson fell out of the top 10. Why? Not because he's not talented enough. I am never, never said Lamar Jackson is not a good quarterback. I will never say that because he is a very talented dual threat quarterback, but has the potential to be the best dual threat quarterback in NFL history. The problem is he's falling trap to the risks that all dual threat quarterbacks follow, which is injury. He is not consistent enough to be a dependable quarterback one. So if you are going to draft him, you have got to make sure that you have a good backup plan. Now, Amy, to her credit, did get a good backup plan with uh, Dak Prescott. I like him as a QB too. I know some people are going to be like, oh, now he blows and blah, blah, blah. And again, maybe I'm like too engrossed in the Dallas culture because they really do not like him down here. But bottom line being is I love Dak Prescott as a QB too. So she found a good backup plan, but you wouldn't need a good backup plan had you taken Justin Herbert, who is going in to one of the most loaded the second, and we talked about this on the last episode, this, in my opinion, the second most loaded offense in the freaking league. Like, yeah. I don't understand the thought process behind that. I I, I kind of get it. I'm like, oh, it gets more rushing touchdowns. But again, if, okay, fine. He'll win you a week or two, maybe even three or four, but then he's going to miss three or four weeks on top of that. And you're going to be struggling through those games. You're going to have to make other adjustments like a trade with me through that. So I just, I don't understand that pick. I think that was a real wasted opportunity there. Cause I really do like her team. She's put, she put together a very interesting team, but that quarterback position. And look, this is why, like, it's just, it's one of those things I keep pounding into our listeners heads is like, you gotta emphasize the quarterback. For some reason, they are being devalued in fantasy. I really, really believe it should be going the opposite direction. Yeah, no, that makes a good point. You make a good point there, especially with that. Maybe she felt worried that she took Austin Eckler in the first round and then she didn't want to handicap herself with a quarterback in the next round to have the same bye weeks. Then she'd be out with two studs out of her league week for, you know, that. But I think one thing also people need to understand is like the bye week is – yeah, it's good to be aware of, but you shouldn't base it's not the, the killer. If you if you drop a week, that's okay. Exactly, exactly. Especially in redraft leagues, it's like one week is not going to kill you. It's multiple weeks is where it's going to kill yeah. you. Obviously, exactly. So yeah, I think it's like it's important to know when a team when a player's bye week is. But just yeah, let don't let that handicap you. Go for some stacks. We talked about that before in our fantasy rapid fire segment, right? Where it's like, who are our favorite stacks? There's a reason we brought that up because if you have a good stack, that means you have two players that are really going to help you out on your fantasy team. So yeah, just maybe that was her reasoning there. Maybe she likes the rushing ability. Maybe she thinks Lamar Jackson is going to stay healthy the entire season. But exactly as I said, she backed it up with a solid backup option in Dak Prescott in case he does get hurt. So yeah, we'll see how it all plays out. I will say this honorable mention for worst pick is scroll all the way to the bottom for me because we gave him a ton of crap for this in the chat and I just need to do it again. Okay. Al, what are you doing? You're what taking you Deuce Vaughn. Oh. <laughs> he was, a, he was good. Pick. He was good. And I was just like, yeah, he was good in college. But, he, like, and look, I think he's going to be – he's one of those players that is going to be very useful for the team on the field. Right. But in terms of fantasy production, I see almost, almost zero value there. Like it's, it's going to be one of those things where uh, it's going to be like Darren Sproles in his early years where you can tell like, oh, this dude, once he goes to another team or once this team actually starts making him the premier receiving back, absolutely. But for now, his rookie year, 
I see Deuce Vaughn as like night. I don't even see him as a waiver option. So now we were giving him plenty of crap and Al was doing the Al thing. This is why we all love Al is, uh, you know, right or wrong. He'll stick to his guns and by God, he was sticking with them. Hey, I mean, he I, lo- I love that champion. man. I love he that. He was champion, only the defending so. champion. I am so paying attention to this league this year for the sole purpose of he has bugged the shit out of me for the last eight months. And I am not doing that again. All right. We'll see I don't even, how about this for I don't even care if I win this league. I just need to beat out. All right. All right. Um, I think for me, it's just surprising that he went with Deuce Vaughn in a 10-person league. Like, if this is a 12-person league, yeah, I could justify fair. that yeah. pick a little bit more. But, yeah, in a 10-person league, I think your waiver wire is a little bit deeper as far as your options available, as far as what's available to you in that last round. So that's a little bit surprising. But, yeah, we'll see exactly how it all plays out for sure. So, Tad, what is your favorite pick, you think, then? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Okay, so I'll find another favorite pick while we talk about this one because I know we already touched on yeah. this a bit, but your Javante Williams pick was so good because yeah. you you look at the uh, running backs taken before him. Jonathan Taylor, I'm not confident in his fan. I'm not going to say he's a bust. It's just there's so many unknowns there. That um that risk in the seventh round isn't bad. So I'm I'm not saying Nico made a mistake, but it's just it's a it, that was the riskiest move of the entire draft. But I also told him that could pay off. And the same thing happened in my other league where we have an auction draft and our player got Jonathan Taylor, I want to say for $10. Okay. Which again, that could be great. But if Jonathan Taylor ends up not playing the entire season, which is a very real possibility, that could have been a very valuable $10 wasted. So it's just high risk, very high reward. Um, Cam Akers, I love him. He's one of my favorite sleepers. That's fair. But then Al went with Isaiah Pacheco, which is fine. I understood that pick. Because that does have some, you know, possibility reward there. Alvin Kamara could pay off for Amy, but again, I kind of broke this down a couple episodes ago. Where even if Al Kamara, Alvin Kamara is healthy, within the Saints' offense, I think his time has passed. Where he's very inconsistent. He'll have those weeks where he'll go off for you, but he's not consistent enough for me to trust him anymore. You got an unquestioned number one starter who, by all accounts, will be ready very, very soon, if not by tomorrow. So I think they'll, they'll ease him in tomorrow. I don't think he'll do very well for you tomorrow. Yeah. But as you know, by week three or four, I think you just got like a running back two. And what round is this? The seventh round. I mean, that is fantastic value. So I, you know, honestly, buddy, I just, I, it's, I'm, and that's why I'm struggling to find a pick better than that. And we'll keep seeing the prices. I won't spend too long on this since I've already talked about, it. but really I, I, I got like to my own horn here. I got Patrick Mahomes, the second quarterback. He's the best quarterback in the league, man. Like, how did That's how did pick. I pull that off? Good like, pick. that was I'm very happy with that pick. So I think you and I, we did take some. I think overall, uh, and we spent 30 minutes, and I'm gonna try and basically bring it down to two senses. Uh, we like our starters. Our benches are high risk, high reward. Exactly. Um, and actually, I'm gonna follow it up with you know you liking one of my picks. So I'm liking one of your picks. I know you kind of already brought him up, but. Cortland Sutton, our thirteenth so, round. Ryan, Ryan was like, "I hope they don't take this dude." And since it's Ryan, who's a Broncos fan, I'm like, "I know exactly who you're going for." And I told him because obviously he wouldn't have an option. I just told him like, "Ryan, I'm taking Cortland Sutton." And he's just yeah, like, "Come I mean, on!" <laughs> exactly like he laid out, where it's like Javante Williams taking him in the seventh round to be a potential RB two for your roster, possibly fringe RB one, depending on how Sean Payton wants to use him here, but. There's no question that Corlin Sun is the wide receiver one because, I mean, we see the issues with Jerry Judy. He's probably going to go. He's 
I don't know if he's going to go on the IR. That has not been stated yet, but he's I don't definitely think he is. I mean, from all the reports I've been reading, he's actually his recovery has been going fairly well. But it still could be a lingering issue. So it's it like could. if that's, that's going fair. to be an issue, then it's like you can't really trust him as well. I think he ended up going a couple rounds earlier. I think I remember seeing him somewhere earlier here. I'm gonna see if I could find him real fast. I this is like you know find Waldo. I'm not gonna help you here. The minefield. There he is. Okay, so he was taken by Ryan actually oh, in the mine, ninth round here. Minefield. So. That is a dated <laughs> reference, my friend. <laughs> um, minesweeper is the dated minesweeper. Minesweeper. Yeah, Minesweeper is the game where you have to click, remember, and then yeah, it, yeah, yeah. the number is right. Got the bomb. Minesweeper. Yeah, yeah. Minesweeper. Okay, I got you. Um, but yeah, so Ryan Dyer actually ended up taking Jerry Judy in the ninth round. So I mean, it's like it's not bad to take him in the ninth round, but just I think the lingering issues with whether he's going to be healthy all season long, whether it's going to nag him all season long. I mean, that's just something that need to be worried about. Whereas like Horton Sutton, we're hearing nothing about him as far as injury concerns, and he is pretty much the unquestioned wide receiver one. And so for you to get the wide receiver one. All the way at the end of the draft. Like, I mean, that's just sensational because very much it's similar to my Michael Thomas pick where it's like if this pans out for you and Sean Payton can sort of revitalize this Broncos offense and we see the Russell Wilson of old and he's able to air it out to Cortland Sutton, that's just fantasy gold for you. You found gold in I, the no, I was, round. Like, that is just fantastic to me. I agree with you. Other than Patrick Mahomes, that was probably the happiest I was. Because, like, I, I know I spoke earlier about, like, I didn't think I'd land Nick Chubb. I knew there was a possibility there. I did yeah. not think there was a possibility I could get Sutton in the third to last round. So that was the happiest I was other than getting Mahomes. Yeah. So definitely that was a solid pick for sure. I'm looking at some of these other picks here down at the bottom. Um, I like Rashad Bateman. Who is that? Two beard. Who is that? Or Z, uh, Z beard. So that is uh, the co-host of LA pod financial with our good friend, Chauncey to So that's Thaddeus Klein. Oh, um, all right. He ended up taking Rashad well, that's, Bateman. That's good. Cause that, the, me and Thaddeus are in another league and his team is not good. I'm not just saying that because we're playing each other tomorrow, but um, Rashad Bateman has high, you know, like at that risk, it's not even like the high risk doesn't even matter. Like risk is just eliminated once you get in the final three rounds. So I actually like that Rashad Bateman because, and that's why I told Al not to take OBJ is like, there are just so many better younger players in that Ravens receiving room. And Rashad Bateman is at the top of that list. So I think Rashad Bateman, is probably my favorite uh, Ravens receiver going into next season. So getting him in the second to last round, I love that pick. Yeah, that's a good pick for sure. Um, yeah, I think everything else sort of plays yeah. out the way right. that I see. So, I mean, yeah, I think everything else is pretty good. Um, the only other pick that I want to highlight is Greg Dulcich in the 14th round. I mean, first of all, it's an interesting strategy to take three tight ends by Nico. So, I mean, I don't know how his – Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I just want to see if it's really three or whether he took one early. No, it's really three. No, so he ended three. up taking Dalton Kincaid in the 11th. He took Tyler Higby in the 12th. And then he took Greg Dulcich. I do like the Deion Jackson pick. That actually could end up paying. Not for the entire season, but like you get off to a hot start Short with Deion Jackson. Like, yeah, that's not a terrible pick for last round. I think he had to back up his Jonathan Taylor pick, right? So it's like, okay, he that's likes exactly what he sees there. What so I think that's a good yep. pick there. So Kincaid, I've already talked about rookie tight end. So it's like, I don't know how much he's going to emerge this season. Hopefully if he does, I mean, that's what Buffalo's hoping. That's why we're sort of seeing the inconsistencies from Gabe Davis. So that's why they drafted Dal Kincaid, shore up that passing offense. Higby I like, especially now with the news that uh, to Cooper Cup is going to go on the IR. Tyler Higby automatically becomes the best passing option in this passing offense for Matthew Stafford. He's already relied on him a lot last season. So I think that's going to carry over into the first four weeks at least. So that's a good immediate option. But long term, we talked about this with the trade of Albert Okwadibanam to the Philadelphia Eagles. 
this just opens the door for Greg Dulcich. I think he's going to be a fantastic play the entire season long. So I think that's another good pick here. So Ted, let's sort of wrap this up here and just sort of like going through all these rosters. Who do you think is going to win it all? All right, let's go uh, rapid fire here. Is so win it all? Guy who had the second overall pick. And I thought he made one of the biggest mistakes of the draft to kick things off. Ryan Anderson. Okay. Big, big, and this is uh he is a fantasy rookie. He has never played big fantasy skinny. football before. Maybe he's trying to capitalize on the luck that Alfred had last year, saying that he is not a fantasy football guy, and he somehow won it all last year. So all right, Tad is picking Ryan Anderson. All so right. I'll tell you what why. You so you look so he took Jamar Chase second overall. And at the time I was like, that was a huge mistake. I would have taken Chris McCaffrey. He took Tony Pollard, who is one of my favorite fantasy running backs going into the season. Then he took Joe mm-hmm. Burrow, now the highest paid player in the NFL, which feels very weird to say. Um Ramonji Stevenson, this is where I was like, okay, now he's gonna start falling apart. But you know, you know he took Keenan Allen, which is a great pick. Drake London, who I think will be solid, not great. Uh Evan Ingram, who's one of my favorite, you know, fantasy tight ends heading into this year for a long time listeners this is where i think you really made the difference in this team james connor that is a player i've not been very high on but you look at all the running backs that have gone after him he got the last true running back one i'd probably say that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that was a fantastic insurance policy for ramon j stevenson and ramon j pays off now all of a sudden he's got a fairly solid option at flex and then he gets mm-hmm. Christian Kirk, who I think his production will drop down, but still fairly good. He'll be a solid producer. Yeah. Exactly. Charbonnet, I thought that was a bad pick. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I think, was fantastic. I really think Brandon Cooks is going to be a very dependable receiver. Not good, but dependable fantasy receiver. You can count on him for 10 points a game. I really do believe that. Richardson, get the fuck out of here, man. What are you doing? Um, the Cowboys defense. Usually I am not a fan of taking a count, uh, defense before the first two uh, – the the last, there we go. The last two rounds. Uh, but if this is the Cowboys in that weak division, yes, Giants fans, I'm calling your division weak. Shut up. Um, I think that was an excellent pick. Algier, I've already talked that this is why I'm not a big believer in B. John Robinson. I think Algier and Cordero are going to get a fair amount of touches. So he's a solid bench option should the worst case scenario happens. And Jason Myers, it's a kicker. Who cares? They're not people. Yeah, interesting that he was able to get the Cowboys here at the 13th round because the only other defense that went was the Niners defense all the way in round that, eight. That was, almost, that was almost my pick for worst pick. That was way too early. Well, for also, uh, Alfred went defense very early last year, too. And like I said, it paid off for him. So, a, yeah. He played on defense. Of course he's going to go for the defense. <laughs> So, yeah, I think if it, play, it pans out for him this year, the Niners just have a sensational season, which I'm always obviously hoping for as well, that this pick at number eight is justifiable. But just, yeah, for him to get the Cowboys defense all the way at 13, that's fantastic as well. Um, as far as my favorite team, um, I kind of need to look around here as far as some good players. Like, Do you want me to give you my loser while you look? Sure. You can go ahead and get the listeners and the viewers your <clears throat> loser of this, so. I'm uh, I'm risking my job here, which kind of gives away the answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Dyrude, I'm sorry, buddy, you did not draft Ooh. well. So Tyree Kill, I love that pick. Cooper Cup, I mean, sorry, man, like, come on, what were you doing? Like Amir said, we are, we already knew there was some risk there. You 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 made the gamble, you lost. Uh, Etienne, I really like Etienne, but then you go in his next couple picks. Damian, uh, Aaron Jones, I don't like at all. Um, 
I think he's going to drop off fairly badly. Damian Pierce, very talented young back, but in a struggling young offense, I don't, I'm not sure about his fantasy capabilities. Alexander Madison, I think he'll be good, but inconsistent where he'll land you a lot of, you know, good weeks where he'll go off for like, you know, 15, 20 points, but then he's going to get you like seven or eight for the next three. And so I think that was a very risky pick. Michael Pittman, same deal as Madison. He's going to go off some weeks, but with Anthony Richardson as his quarterback, I'm not sure. Pat Fryermuth is the definition of inconsistent. Like that dude is entirely touchdown dependent. Jerry Judy, good pick. I like that. Aaron Rodgers, I like that. Zay Flowers, notice how I left him out when I said Rashad Bateman is my favorite Ravens receiver. I think Zay Flowers is good. I think he'll be fine, but I don't understand why so many people are in love with him. Also goes for the next pick. What is with people's love of Jamal Williams? One guy <laughs> in my other league is starting starting Jamal Williams as his running back too. I think once again, it's like you look at the stats that he had last year. So people are just thinking that they're this, is, that, this that is who he is now. But yeah, I mean, with the suspension of Alvin Kamara for three games, maybe they're hoping that he's going to do enough in those three games that he's going to be able to garter enough touches and rushing attempts going forward to maybe he'll vulture some touchdowns like Ezekiel Elliott in new England. So maybe that's what they're hoping again. So I think that's why there's a lot of people that are in love with the guy. Okay. So I will say this though, Ryan, this is where you can save yourself. Use Jared Goff as a trade piece because he looked damn good on Thursday. So you use him as trade piece. Whoever's quarterback goes down tomorrow because somebody's quarterback is going to go down tomorrow. Not that I'm hoping for it, but it's just the reality of football. That is where you can redeem this roster. And the Titans defense, what are you doing, man? How did I get the Steelers after you took the Titans defense? So Ryan, I love my job. I love this podcast. Please don't fire me. (laughs) You're going to have to do that punishment, my friend. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Honestly, like, I mean, looking at these teams, if I mean, you, if probably you pick say, me, if you pick me, we are done as podcast co-hosts. Honestly, I think Ryan Anderson has a pretty solid team. I like all the picks that you laid out. Like, I mean, that's, it's hard to argue there, but um, probably for my worst team, I probably lean towards. Probably Nico. Like, I mean, the, the strategy okay. that uh, he had, I think, here, there's a lot of good players that I like. I mean, Justin Jefferson, obviously solid. I think we're a little bit skeptical of Derrick Henry possibly sustaining the entire season being All solid. All right, real, real mean, quick, let, 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 let's talk Derrick Henry because I was actually shocked he fell that far to the yeah. last pick of the second round. So I think that Derrick Henry, this is too late for him. And, like, you know it's too late for him when I'm complimenting a goddamn Titans player. But, like, I still think he's fancy relevant. Like, it's like the, this is almost the point of being, like, a borderline running back, too. So that I actually think he's not going to be fantasy relevant, but I think just the him right. of being a RB1, which is where he drafted him being, an RB1 for him, that's where I sort of see, like, okay, that took a little bit of a hit, but he's still a solid pick there. Um, Garrett Wilson, I'm a huge fan of with Aaron Rodgers. That's a good pick. Justin Herbert, we've both gushed about him, how much we love him, too. Uh, this is where I start to see a little bit of the drop-off. So I'm not a huge fan of DK Metcalf because I'm not a huge oh. fan of Geno Smith. So I think there's going to see some drop-off there as far as his production think, level. He got, he got good insurance from McLaurin. McLaurin's dealing with a turf toe, though, so I don't know whether he's going to be able to Fuck, sustain is he that really? He's on two of my yeah, teams. I swear, God, yeah. Terry McLaurin's dealing with t- turf toe, so I think he's going to be okay for tomorrow, but that could be something that lingers the entire season, so I'm higher on Jahan Dotson, who I think went a little bit later in the draft to another team, but just, yeah, so that worries me a little bit. We already talked about Jonathan Taylor. Jodre Swift, I know there's a lot of Eagles fans that are optimistic right. based on what they saw in preseason. I don't, I don't trust any of those Philly running backs. 
And so, but that's the thing you need to worry about too. That whole committee approach with him and Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. So I mean, it's just like, I don't know who's going to be the main guy in a given week. So that's what worries me there. Um, Deontay Johnson is a great piece, but he needs to find the end zone more. So that still worries me a little bit. Oh, okay. He actually backed it up. He took Jahad Dotson. So he so he's down. the guy who took Jahad Dotson. So he's able to so, ensure himself. So he doubled down twice. He quadrupled down. He, he did. A little bit. So I think Taylor, he took Deion a lot Jackson. of picks, and then he backed up those picks with picks too. So it's like that's where the strategy is a little bit interesting for sure. It has to pan out for him. We already talked about him taking three tight ends. I don't think I would ever take three tight ends personally not. in a league. So, I mean, I, I could understand taking one, but taking three, that's a little interesting there. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of rookie tight ends. Higby with the cup news, I think that's a little bit of a better pick, obviously, there. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Rashad Penny no, at all. We talked about it on the podcast. He's relevant. just too, yeah. he's got that injury prone label on him now. I think that's just who he's going to be now. Dulcich I'm a huge fan of. And then, yeah, Deion Jackson at the very end, though. But, yeah, I think one of the things, though, I will applaud Nico for is that depending on the platform that you draft in, you don't always have to fill every position. So if you play in a platform like Sleeper, per, uh, for instance, which is where we played, he didn't have to draft a kicker. He didn't have to draft a defense. So he didn't. So instead, he made sure he got players that he liked, and he's able to fill out his roster that way. And now, before tomorrow, the Sunday slate of games, he can make some adjustments and pick up the defenses or the kickers that he wants instead of having to draft one and possibly missing out on a guy that possibly could have slipped him. But he's like, no, I have to take a defense. So that's one thing I will applaud him for. But just overall, just his roster buildup, I think, like I said, just this the first half is great. I think he's got a lot of potential there, but then just the backups to the backups with his insurance policies, that's what worries me. So another compliment or you know, to to help out Nico a bit is exactly like what you said, is yeah, his benches like that's like the highest of high risk. But because he doubled down, like I say, he doubled down twice. All right, so he's going to drop Deion Jackson at some point. Deion Jackson is not going to be on yeah. his roster at the end of the year. Um, you know, one of those Washington receivers, either McLaurin or Dotson, probably will not be on his roster at the end of the year. Maybe they both are, but very rarely do I see teams hold on to two players on the same team. Which means that Nico needs to be the top waiver wire player. If he makes sneaky good waiver wire pickups, all of a sudden his team catapults up. That's exactly like what you said. When you go top heavy and you make a lot of good picks later on, but you make a lot of risky picks, or sorry, a lot of good picks earlier on, but you make a lot of riskier picks later on, then you need to be confident in your waiver wire abilities. So if he can nail that part, I actually see him being a sneaky good sleeper for winning the league. But if he, you know, swings it, happens to everybody. If he swings and misses on the waiver wire, all of a sudden he is in danger of really tanking. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. And luckily, he has a very good podcast to listen to for waiver wire advice. 100%. 100%. And Tad, I know you didn't want me to pick your team, but honestly, I think you have one of my favorite rosters outside of mine. Oh, <laughs> so, I mean, the rare Amur compliment. I will take it. That's the first um, one in like two months. But, I mean, I've talked about – we both talked about how much we're fans of Nick Chubb. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, big QB1. I've been getting him in the second round. That's fantastic. I mean, we kind of already went through your roster already or at the top of the episode. But I mean, just like no, your roster makeup. Let's do it again. I like this. Keep going. <laughs> 
Uh, Devontae Smith, I think he's definitely going to emerge. I'm worried about AJ him. Brown. I, I, I worry about his, consistent, his consistency is the one thing kind of scary. I think Jalen Hurts is going to throw more, which is going to lead to Devontae okay. Smith having a good season. I, right. I know you don't like Najee Harris, I like but him. I think he's going to be a silent like killer. I think he's going I to hope, be a I, I hope you're right. I'm wrong, but I don't like him. George Kittle is able to build a solid rapport with Brock Purdy, so I think that's going to sustain over the course of an entire season out instead of six games, so I got optimism there. Uh, DJ Moore and that Love Bears that offense, I'm a huge fan of for sure. Brandon Ayuk, just every single season, he has gotten out of. He better be good, you dick. He's gotten out of Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, and now he's finally become that guy that was drafted in the first round out of Arizona State. So I think he's going to definitely have a solid season this year. Um, Khalil Herbert, I'm a huge fan of. I think he's going to take the lead touches in the Chicago backfield. Antonio Gibson, I've already talked about it before. I think he may emerge as that guy to sort of take that lead, sort of fill that Jarrett McKinnon role that we saw last year with Kansas City, but now he's doing that here in Washington under Eric Bieniemy, so I like him. Uh, Trailer Burks and Gabe Davis, those are the only two picks that I may fall to on a little bit. I'm actually, I'm weirdly high on Trailer Burks because I've drafted him now in two. I'm higher on Trailer Burks than Gabe Davis, but yeah, I think both picks are just a little bit risky for me. So I mean, but they're once again they're bench guys, so it's like if they work out, they work out for you. Once again, the whole. High upside, you know, low uh, low risk sort of thing. So we'll see about that. Dalton Schultz, I'm a huge fan. A lot of people are letting him go, but he's probably going to be the main guy in Houston as far as the passing offense is concerned outside of Robert Woods. So very much like that. Court Sutton, I already talked about. This is probably one of my favorite picks of the entire draft. Young Way Koo, solid kicker for Atlanta. I think I'm low key. I was actually very happy to get Koo as my kicker. A lot of options, obviously, for him, depending on how that offense goes. And then, yeah, Steelers defense for you to get him second to last. Like, like you said, that with, was crazy with Ryan taking I the Titans so defense. And, you know, so that was pretty – So, all right, all right. So, for those of you who are having trouble reading this, the Titans defense went, okay, fine, whatever Ryan's thinking there. Then the Dolphins defense went to you, which was yep. a good pick. I'm a big believer in that, even without Jalen Ramsey for a bit. How long is he out for? He was only out the preseason. He's going to be healthy by week one. Oh, shit. That was a really good pick then. Uh, so, yeah, the Dolphins pick was a good pick. Um, Saints. I don't understand that pick. Like, why do people keep thinking the Saints defense is going to be – they haven't been good since they were paid to kill players. Oh, God. Like, oh, that was a good joke. But, anyway, so, you know, the Steelers second to last I was extremely thrilled with because that defense is going to be so dirty. 100%. So, yeah, honestly, like I said, outside of my roster, Ted, I'd probably say I like your roster the most, but Ryan Anderson did draft a pretty solid roster, especially for a first-timer, so that was pretty good, too. So, But honestly, I think it's a pretty open competition. I don't think there's a clear-cut winner, as far as, in my eyes, as far as, like, this is the guy that's definitely or the yeah. woman. No, we I do agree. have a woman in our league, Amanda Marie Howard. Good job. So, yeah, I don't think there's a clear-cut winner. It's like, this is the person that's going to win it, for me, at least. I'll give you Traylon Burks and Gabe Davis for Brock Purdy. No. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, Patrick Holmes. Why do you need a backup quarterback anyway? <laughs> Just because in case Mahomes goes down. Did you see that offensive line? Yeah, we'll see exactly how that all plays out. But, all right. Well, so, all right, it depends. Can they keep playing Juwan Taylor five yards off the line? Because if they do know, that, seriously. he's going to be okay. Seriously. They're, they're able to get away with that <laughs> one. So that was surprising. Um, so, yeah, that will sort of end our episode here today. Um, as mentioned, we'll sort of share this draft on our social media handle so you can sort of look through it as you want to re-listen or if you just want to see the draft and you can sort of give us your opinion. Tad, why don't you throw up a poll as well who Ooh, people right. will think will win our LAFB Network Fantasy Football League. Um, I think we did it last year as well. We got some good uh, interaction there. So, yeah, make sure you do that. So, I mean, guys – 
we're stoked. I mean, just I think stoked is even an understatement for just the football season starting, fantasy football season starting. We'll be getting into bets next week as well, DFS action. I mean, just like we talked about, we're sort of getting, going to fall into a routine now with our waiver wire episodes early in the week, start sits later in the week, our betting episodes later in the week possibly. You know, we'll see about that. But definitely got you covered on social media for sure. So, I mean, make sure, guys. You see the ticker down below. Make sure you follow us on all our social media handles. You got me at under the side 23. You got Tad, Tad, sign 94. Got the show handle at the decide guys. And of course on Instagram at the decide guys as well. So that's where you'll get all of our social media graphics when it comes to start sits and waiver wire picks and betting picks. And like you name it, it'll be on our social media handles. So make in case you can't catch an episode for whatever reason, we got you covered on the social media handles as long as you're following them. That's the biggest thing that you need to be doing. And in case you can have the time, make sure you subscribe brothers, to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Listen, we're on the LAFA Network website as well. Hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so you're always up to date with our YouTube videos as well. And, of course, make sure you're supporting our parent network at LAFA Network. They got you covered, especially with kickoff tomorrow. They got you covered with some pregame analysis. They definitely get you covered with some postgame analysis analysis when it comes to the chargers and the rams and of course it is football saturday in college football so they got you covered on the college level as well with the ucla bruins and the usc trojans so they definitely got you covered with pre and post game analysis for both of those teams as well so make sure you're supporting all of them and i mean guys we keep saying this every single podcast and we're not going to stop saying it we're here to win you your football leagues, your fantasy football leagues. So make sure you're interacting with us. You're listening to the podcast. You're watching the videos. You're doing anything and everything that you can to make sure you're getting all the information that we can provide to you guys. And to everybody who's already doing that, we can't thank you enough. And like Amir said, we are hitting the ground running tomorrow as a recording. And we are dropping this episode, what, like two, an hour or two after recording? So Hopefully, tomorrow as yep. NFL kickoff, that's a good, you know, disclaimer to put on that but uh <laughs> we're you know tomorrow is most of the games and we have is it one or two monday night games I it's only one know. game on monday night really so they dropped the whole like two monday night thing i think the double header is actually next week if i remember correctly i think so but i could be wrong interesting wrong. choice i'd love to know the thought process behind that but anyway so it, okay apparently we only have one monday night game so by monday night we will know hey these are guys you gotta go for these are guys that you need to target on the waiver wire, and we will let you know on Monday night, well, Tuesday morning. But either way, we will let you know in uh, ahead of time who you should go for. So we got waiver our waiver wire episodes are back. We got our stardom sims are back. We are currently debating about the you know betting episodes versus articles. We will let you know where the decision lies there. So either way, we are gonna make you money. We are gonna win you some leagues. So keep watching us, keep following us. And as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Please have a very happy NFL kickoff Sunday. And as always, stay safe, everyone.